Second class, but not on this pass. It's Rhyme and Reason 755. Hey there, Thunderman here, Tony. And uh, I'm going to talk to you about getting the band back together. And I'm actually not going to be able to get the band back together. And I'm going to explain to you what I'm even talking about when I'm talking about getting the band back together. But right now, I before I forget, because I mentioned when I started getting this podcast up and running again recently that I had a bunch of new music that I wanted to share with you and little clips of and then I shared a few but then I didn't continue because I started doing some other things but I'm going to share one with you right now this one's called Catch the Moon Okay, as I said, that's Catch the Moon. So it's got a bunch of key changes in it and all kinds of uh, happy-go-lucky instrumentation. It was kind of inspired by something that someone did about um, music and sync licensing and all kinds of stuff. Anyway, that's uh, the backstory without telling you the backstory. How about that? I want to get back to the band. Yeah, let's see. There was one bassist. There were three cellists, there were three violinists, and there was even one pianist. So let's see, yep, that about covers it. An eight-piece ensemble that started out in second class. Mm-hmm. They started out as a three-piece ensemble and a five-piece ensemble. They played two different sections uh, for different audiences on a ship. And second class that I mentioned, that was their accommodations. It wasn't their character or their talent or anything. They were very talented, or they wouldn't have been on that ship. These were the kind of classy musicians who played for things like tea time gatherings and such as that. Um, you know, hoity-toity concerts in venues such as the A La Carte restaurant and the Café Parisien. I don't know why have to talk like that when I speak French words. But anyway, I, I doubt you're going to recognize any of their names, but I'm going to mention who they were. There was William Braley, Roger Bricou or Bricouks, John Clark, Wallace Hartley, Jock Hume, Georges Crean, Percy Taylor, and John Wesley Woodward. So you're thinking, huh... Doesn't sound like the latest, greatest top 40, right? Well, they had one thing in common. They all played their very last gig on the same night. Yep. And just in case you're not recognizing, you're thinking, what? Uh, would they all retire at the same time or something like that? Maybe you do understand and I think some of you probably will, that I'm talking about the musicians who played while the Titanic sank. Those were the guys. You've heard that, uh, you know, 
there's been a lot of times where people use them as a reference and they use them. I've heard them talked about in marketing, but I've only talked about, you know, well, uh, play while the uh, ship is sinking and there's references to it anyway. Uh, according to the reports I've read, though, uh, these real guys, only one of their bodies was recovered and the rest were lost in that cold, cold northern Atlantic Ocean water in uh, the wee morning hours of April 15th, 1912. Seems like a, an appropriate date these days, April 15th, that something would sink. Anyway, that's another rabbit hole to go down. But they were all considered to be heroes because they played almost to the very end so that people could you know stay calmer that's that was their hope can you imagine a a rap group or a heavy metal band able to do that i think they'd be trying to grab a kid and saying i gotta get on the boat yeah there's probably some of them that wouldn't do that but anyway um any of those guys could play in a hollywood movie you know but hollywood loves to portray the most despicable characters as the ones with the hearts of gold. That's just, that just seems to be the norm now. But, you know, real life is real. And rap and metal, they don't calm nerves. Quite the opposite, really. And more often than not, the uh, so-called musicians from those genres would have no interest above their own. You know, they're selfish. That's pretty much it. Classical music, on the other hand, and I'm not trying to say that classical musicians are above being that, but the classical music appeals to a deeper um, emotional section of your brain and your heart. Maybe that's just because wooden stringed instruments do a better job of tugging at your heartstrings. See how it connected those strings? And maybe because melodies that, uh, you know, flow out of those instruments do more than just repeat a beat and a vowel. You've heard those all these songs nowadays where they oh 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 and they find a vowel and they just sing that vowel over and over and that becomes a hit. Okay, another rabbit trail. Anyway, I I definitely admit that I have a musical bias, and I believe some genres don't even rate seventh class status, much less second class. But it's it's because I want music to do what only music can do best and that's to talk to you without words to speak to your soul and connect you with the inventor of music and no that wasn't Kanye you know who I'm talking about music is the nearest we can come for now to hearing the voice of God but I don't believe that stuff that demeans women and and propagates violence and is totally infused with profanity. I don't think that's music. And I sure wish everyone would stop listening to it so we might have a better chance of more survivors on this titanic planet of ours. I would ask you and encourage you to support musicians who trust and talk about Jesus. I know that sounds a bit self-serving because I'm one of those, but I certainly don't mean you have to support me, although you should. Anyway, Just be mindful of what goes in your ears. That's the main key thing there. And because if faith comes by hearing, then I would say it's pretty important what you hear. Wouldn't you? All right. Ponder that until next time. This is Tony reminding you that life does have rhyme and reason because God made you. (laughs) 